Thank you for tuning in to the sermon podcast from Redeeming Hope. We exist as a family of faith that follows Jesus and helps others find him by living all of life as missionaries of hope. If you want more information about our church or would like to support our ministry, go to our website at redeeminghope.org. Please enjoy the sermon podcast. So as we begin this special shortened training on baptism, this teaching on baptism, I want to talk about the power of symbols. And let me show you one of the symbols from my early childhood that has a lot of significance to me. Now, that symbol should be up on the screen for those of you who are listening to this on Spotify or on our podcast. It is the Los Angeles Lakers logo. Now, there's a lot of powerful memories and a lot of emotions that are rooted in this symbol between me and my dad. See, my dad was a die-hard Lakers fan, like from the 70s, like every single undershirt that he wore underneath his dress shirts in his corporate office job were Lakers shirts, and people would call dad a fair-weather fan, and my dad had this habit of unbuttoning the top three buttons of his shirt and pulling it apart like Superman to show them the Los Angeles Lakers logos on his undershirts. Now, my experience with the Lakers began when I was six months old. There's a picture of me in my parents' basement in Crofton, Maryland, and I was watching the Los Angeles Lakers play at six months old in a Lakers onesie with my dad. The first game I attended with my dad, I was three years old in D.C., and my mom was scared to death that he was going to lose me. Uh, I used to stay up late on school nights, even going up into high school, and watch the West Coast games, and my dad would sometimes even let me go into school late so I could stay up and watch the basketball games. And when I see this logo, I feel very strong emotions. I feel a bit of sadness that my dad's not here with me. I feel an incredible amount of love that my dad and I were able to share this passion while he was alive and that he instilled in me a love of sports and he used to teach me things like son the game's not over till it's over you gotta go towards the end you always have to finish things that you start and he would teach me things about life as we watched basketball together and all of these emotions come up when I see the Los Angeles Lakers logo you see my friends How this connects with baptism is that God created us as a visual and physical people. You see, this is why we were designed. We were designed to experience life. We were designed to experience memories. And we were designed to even have spiritual experiences with more than just our minds, but our entire body. And throughout the ministry of Jesus, he uses the physical and the visual to demonstrate spiritual truths. And in fact, Jesus' ministry is bookended. There's some that happened at the beginning and happened at the end with two important visual and physical analogies of his life. Now you see, that's water baptism. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he was baptized in water. And at the end of his ministry, he instituted something called the Lord's Supper. It's also known as communion or the Eucharist or the sacrament at the end of his ministry. And so for over 2,000 years, Christians have affirmed that the scriptures indicate that these two events, water baptism and, and the Lord's Supper, communion or the Eucharist, they should be replicated in the life of a believer in order to follow in the way of Jesus. And collectively, these two things are called the sacraments, the sacrament of baptism and the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. And today we are talking about the sacrament of baptism because we're having a special service to celebrate 
multiple people who have chosen to follow Jesus and they want to make that choice public with our church family. And so, side note, if you want our full training on baptism, we have a full six-page training that answers all the questions about infant baptism and about baptism, whether you're a follower of Jesus and when you do it and who can do it, you can go to ourhope.cc slash baptism. That's ourhope.cc slash baptism baptism. Now, my friends, our main point for today is this, is that baptism is all about Jesus, that we celebrate, obey, and glorify Jesus when we joyfully follow him in obedience to be baptized. Baptism is an outward expression of an inward decision to follow Jesus. In short, my friends, baptism is following Jesus in obedience to go public with your faith. So baptism doesn't save you, but rather, baptism is a public expression of an inward decision after you've chosen to follow Jesus. So we're going to talk about three very short points today. Jesus' example of baptism, Jesus' command of baptism, and Jesus' invitation of baptism. So let's begin with Jesus' example of baptism. And we're going to look here at Luke 3. Now, when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying... The heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven and said, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. My friends, it's incredibly rare for an event to be recorded in all four Gospels, but there are key moments in Jesus' life that are. And this is a clue, and this baptism, this accounting of Jesus' baptism, is in all four of the Gospels. It's in Matthew 3, Mark 1, Luke 3, and also in John 1. And this is a clue that Jesus' baptism is very important for us. You see, Jesus' ministry began at 30 years old. And he begins his ministry by marking a new identity. He put a stake in the ground and said, my old life is done. I'm starting a new life, a new ministry, a new identity that would ultimately end with his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And he began that mark. He marked that moment by being baptized by a prophet named John the Baptist. And Matthew 3 is actually the longest account and the most detailed account of Jesus' baptism. And Jesus actually is, is says in Matthew 3 why he got baptized. You see, John the Baptist recognized who Jesus was. He recognized that Jesus was perfect, that he didn't have to identify with being a follower of God, that in fact Jesus was God, and he knew that Jesus was God. And when Jesus tells John the Baptist, hey, I need you to baptize me, John looks at him and says, wait a minute, wait a minute. I need you to baptize me. John's like, I'm the sinner. I need to be baptized by you, Jesus. You're perfect. And Jesus is responding to John the Baptist, and he says these words in Matthew 3.15. But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. My friends, Jesus was baptized not because he had sins that he had repented of and wanted to make that repentance public, but rather it says his, this, this was because every act of Jesus was not done to prove his righteousness, but it came from his righteousness and it was so that you and I could experience his righteousness. Every act of Jesus was done to bring his rightness, to bring his goodness to us. 
to those of us who do have sins to repent of, for those of, those of us who do need that mile mark, marker moment in our life. You see, Jesus was our example of righteousness. Jesus was publicly identifying with his father, even when he didn't need to, because he was doing it as an example and a model for us. He was doing what we could not do because he was ultimately perfect. He was the only one that was baptized without needing to be having his sins repented and forgiven because he had no sins. And as Jesus publicly identified with his father, then we see that his father publicly identified with him. Going back to that Luke 3.22 passage, it says, and a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. This is God the Father speaking from heaven. This is the Holy Spirit descending on Jesus like a dove. The Trinity, all three persons of the Trinity, unique, different, and distinct, yet together, one God coming together to show the world that the Father approves of his Son. And my friends, when we get baptized, it is the example of Jesus that we celebrate at baptism. But not only that, we see that there is Jesus' command of baptism. That is our second point. And then we go here to the Great Commission of Matthew 28. This is some of Jesus' last words to his disciples. And this is what he says. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. My friends, when someone chooses to follow Jesus, to be a disciple, and they respond to the call of God, the invitation of God on their life, they are to be baptized in the name of all three persons of the Trinity. That is saying that it is both God, the, it is all God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, all three persons of the Trinity working together to accomplish their salvation. And then here's what's really interesting is that we see Peter just a few weeks after Jesus gives this commission. Just a few weeks after Jesus says, as you're going, when you go, make disciples. And the first thing you do is you baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And Peter, on the first day of the church's history, on the day of Pentecost, he's preaching a sermon. And as he ends this sermon, this is the account of the ending of that sermon in Acts 2 starting in verse 37. Now, when they had heard this, Peter's words, they, all of the people surrounding them, were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of his disciples, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. You see, it, what Peter's inviting them to is to repent. That's to do a 180 turn to follow Jesus. And this requires faith, which is hearing the message, actually that Peter had just preached, to believe that it's true for you, as they were doing in that very moment, and then to obey by making Jesus Lord over your life. And then when you do those things, you are baptized. That is a public pr profession of an inward decision of the heart. So not only is baptism an example to be celebrated, but it is a command of Jesus that we are to obey. Third, we see that there's Jesus's invitation of baptism. And we have to fast forward in the New Testament to the Apostle Paul. As he's writing a letter to the Romans, he explains baptism and the deep symbolism of what baptism is. This is Paul saying these words in Romans 6, starting in verse 3. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death 
in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. My friends, the physical act of going under the water and coming back up again, that actually reenacts the key redeeming moments of Jesus in his death and in his resurrection. Going down underneath the water, fully submerged, it represents Jesus' death on the cross. Being fully submerged under the water represents Jesus' burial in the earth for three days. And trust me, we don't leave you under the water for three days. It's like a second. But in that second, it's reenacting Jesus' burial for three days. And then the emerging back up out of the water represents Jesus' resurrection from the tomb and his subsequent resurrection life. And when someone is baptized, he or she is making a public profession of that stake in the ground, that public profession of being forgiven, of renouncing their old life under sin and death and now embracing life with God by the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit through the redemptive work of Jesus. So baptism, it's centered on Jesus. It's an example to be celebrated. It's a command to be obeyed. And it's an invitation of Jesus that glorifies Jesus and reenacts his work for us. My friends, as we conclude, I want to just be really clear is that baptism is all about Jesus, that we follow Jesus in baptism to celebrate his example, to obey his command, and to glorify and reenact his work for us. So if you are watching this and you are not yet a follower of Jesus, you can have new life. You can have life with Jesus. And then you can make that life public by being baptized. And if you are a follower of Jesus, I want to challenge you. Have you followed Jesus in baptism after becoming a follower of Jesus. This is the pattern of the Bible. This is the mile marker moment in Jesus's ministry. It's the mile marker moment in our lives as well. And if you have not yet done that, you can do so here at Redeeming Hope. And it's supposed to be a joy. I don't want it to be an obligation. I don't want it to be something that you stress about. I don't want it to be something that you are laboring over or doing so begrudgingly. I want you to do so because it's a joy to walk in the path that Jesus walked, to celebrate him, to obey him, and then to reenact and to glorify his work on the cross. Now, as we conclude, one of the that one of the people that are getting baptized as this video is premiering is five and a half year old Enoch Thomas. Enoch has been talking about following Jesus for like a year now. And he was watching a sermon online, one of Redeeming Hope's sermons. And he turned to his dad and he says, I want to follow Jesus. And so his dad carefully walked him through. Aaron talked with Enoch about this. And then uh, I met with Aaron and Enoch, I went over to their house and little five-year-old Enoch and I had a meeting and actually his mom came up uh, as, as we came out of this meeting because Aaron and I and Enoch met together and uh, his mom, Anna, asked me, said, hey, Enoch, how was your meeting? And he said, it was great. I had graham crackers. But in the middle of our meeting, I asked Enoch, I said, Enoch, why do you want to be baptized? And he said, just one sentence. He says, it's because I follow Jesus and I want other people to follow Jesus and be baptized too. And I just think that is so wise coming from a little five and a half year old Enoch. My friends, let's follow Jesus together with the faith of a child.
Thank you for listening. We gather every Sunday at the Clarksville area YMCA. For more information, please go to our website at redeeminghope.org.